Yo, this is BJ Gador with the Get Some Gains podcast, and this episode is a couple years in the making. I've really gone hard and dug deep into the recovery space the last couple years, mainly because I'm old as fuck now. I'm 39 years old. I definitely can't do as much as I used to, and I have to do even more than ever to kind of keep pace with my training. And that's okay, because I've gotten better in many other ways. I'm smarter, I've got more wisdom with training, I don't have to do as much training to get the results I'm looking for anymore, I've got better form and technique, better mind-muscle connection. So again, what I may have lost in raw physicality or recovery ability at this age, I've added proactively recovery modalities that help me stay pace with me as I would in my younger days, but also I just know what to do now to get the job done and keep a little in the tank, and to try to stay ahead of the recovery curve. I'm going to go through so many great things today. You know, we're going to talk about meditation. We're going to talk about breath training. We're going to talk about mobility and massage. We're going to talk about light work or light training, as opposed to the way everybody approaches most training, which is it's always got to be hard. Go hard or go home, right? There's no in between. And the concept of a practice versus training. And then also contrast therapy, also heat, hot and cold therapy, but specifically Contrast therapy is going to be uh, discussed and kind of what will be a recovery day template, an off day template, or if you want to consider it to be a spa day. And there's ways you can make these shorter or longer sessions, and this can be as much as a half day, a spa day you can treat yourself to on the weekend, or it can be stuff that you kind of um, abbreviate and either plug in to bookend your workout pre or post workout. Or just on an off day, we need to kind of find some recovery or a break during your work day. So I think you'll really enjoy this one. Uh, please be sure to give it a, a deep listen and share it with anyone you know, any aging athletes or any uh, you know swole mates that are trying to get the extra edge in their training. Because it is all about recovery. That is where the growth repair happens. And if you're not taking it seriously and you're just training hard and expecting that you can just add nonstop stress on your body with a full-time career, with relationships to have to manage as well, and the fact that you are getting older, well, let me just tell you right now, you can't do it. You got you got to find a way to evolve your approach. You can't be doing the same shit you were doing when you were 20, okay? <laughs> and why would you want to? Why would you want to? I'm not saying you abandon, you know, the same basic movements or approach that has gotten you where you are today, but you can't just keep slamming your body into the ground. You've got to start taking the recovery piece seriously. One of the best things you can do, by the way, before I get into each of these sections, you know, is some basic level of periodization. In our Gorilla Corn Gains training, the workouts that I do, and you can look at all my programs at, well, bjgador.com has links to everything, but the dailybj.com has not only my membership options, but products and the Gorilla Corn Gains program. And uh, we actually have some new products coming out. One of them is already out. It's called the Post Holiday Shred, a 21-day rapid fat loss and rapid fat loss training and nutrition plan for busy people 
If you're a real-world individual looking for good changes in 21 days, it's only 47 bucks. You can check it out at thedailybj.com. And my Origins plan, which I've been promoting for a year now, uh, it's the best program I've ever made. It's a, a three-month program designed to build the most awesome fitness base and fitness foundation you'll ever build, focusing on breathing, mobility, and stability. That will be coming out soon, too. So stay tuned on that. And a lot of the stuff I'll touch on today will... You know, we're, we're pieces from this this groundbreaking program I made last year that will now be available for sale, one-time product. I think you'll really enjoy it. But we go three weeks on, one week off. And the way those three weeks work, the first week, introductory week, we kind of feel things out. Maybe you don't do the full volume of the suggested workout of the day. You work up to maybe half of it or um, as much as you can. And you're just trying to figure out your loads. The second week... Now you kind of know what to expect. You know which loads to use. And you begin to push it a bit. Week three, you empty the tank. Because you know you got a week of recovery coming the following week. And we operate this way on a monthly basis. And then quarterly, we have two-week breaks in between each quarter. Spring break, summer break, fall break. And then at the end of the year, we have a two- to three-week break. Uh, to really just, you know, because again, this is a full season. You're training like a pro athlete. You got to have... Uh, distinct breaks and in some cases an off season so that you can get not only the physical but the mental recharge you need to stay in the game and run the next race because it is a marathon not a sprint the other way to look at it is instead of more monthly annual is within week within each training week you know the most basic training template that I re- recommend from the express membership at the dailybj.com is Two to three full body workouts a week that are 20 minutes in length and uh, taking at least a day of rest between workouts. That could be a Monday, Wednesday, Friday plan or a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday plan. You just want to have a day of rest in between because they're full body and you know you need that recovery time. You really absolutely do. So you know that that's a that's like the ultimate plan because you've got actually within a given training week, four of the days are are off or recovery focused. You're walking. You're still eating well. You're doing mobility and massage. Any of the things we'll be talking about later in the episode here. And, you know, it just, it always puts you ahead of the recovery curve. This is really important if you are, I think in particular, over 40 and or you have uh, a stressful job and kids. Because, man, that's asking a lot. I don't know how some people do it. But we have a lot of people like that that are, are members and have continued to do it for years. But, man, it's not easy. And that's why... Even if you think you could do more, it's smarter for more a long-term sustainability approach. That 3-4 is excellent. <clears throat> you know, I <clears throat> excuse me. I think for really advanced trainees or people that have more time or prioritize their training more, you can possibly work with a 4-3-5-2 schedule, meaning that you do four workouts a week with three recovery days or five workouts a week with two recovery days. 6-1 is possible. You just have to be so dialed in. Like it's not only you have to be dialed in with the the proactive recovery work you do, you know, before and after workouts between sessions, but you also have to have pretty good genetics, good healing ability, you know. And even if you do that, that diminishes with age. So, you know, I think even advanced trainees, I, I if you take one thing from this episode, I guess it would be this: try to stay ahead of the recovery curve. You got to learn to know when you're in the middle of a session when okay. I've, I already, I can feel it. You can actually feel it when you're really dialed in, you really know your body. I got everything I needed to get done today to move my body in the right direction, to move the needle. 
All right. I, I got I did my single. I got a single. I, I threw my jab. You know, I, I hit my free throw. The, the the basics got done today, and I am I got better today. Now, could I get a little more better? Possibly. Would that maybe diminish my recovery ability? Possibly. So you have to start having an honest conversation with yourself. And again, that's why I love that um, that three on one, three weeks on, one week off, split throughout the year with those two week breaks every quarter. Man, it, it just it keeps you in the game. I, I can run that schedule for the rest of my life. And and I've got Gorilla Corns that have been doing it too. And again, they have full time careers, families. They can they can get it done, but they take their training very seriously. They're rare beasts. If you're not Go with that two to three full body workouts a week schedule. And you'll always stay ahead of the recovery curve that way. But uh, six one, you got to be dialed in. And maybe that's a short term. Or you're picking one quarter a year where you're like, I'm going all in. But uh, you never want to go seven or no. Okay, you, you need at least one full day off. Um, you can do light movement, mobility, that type of thing. But that, that's critical to making sure you stay in the game. What I'm about to go through now will end up being that recovery day template we talked about. Uh, and uh, we're going to take a quick break from our sponsor. I'll be back. We'll get right into the first one, which is meditation. Athletic greens. Nobody's greens are more athletic. This is BJ Gador. Get my go-to greens powder with five free travel packs plus a one-year supply of vitamin D at athleticgreens.com slash BJ Gador. That's athleticgreens.com slash BJ Gador. You better drink your greens. And we're back. Meditation. Now, this is definitely one of those words that some people hear it and they immediately tune out. I used to be that guy, um, only kind of into the physical side of things. And you know what's crazy about it is all physical training is as mental as it is physical. So why would you not want to be proactive in training your mind, isolating your mental training? That's what meditation is. Meditation is the ability to go from the external to the internal. You know, and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, Lighting candles, though I recommend it. The Sugarman candle available at sleepswellseparately.com, one of the best candles in the game. Got that burnt sugar vibe. You know, I do like that aromatherapy. I like good mood lighting, you know, and some good music, some soundscapes, like uh, some of my favorites, any sort of white noise or nature sounds. Synthwave or Retrowave is excellent. It really gives you that focus, that instrumental focus. It's why it was so used, uh, used so, po- uh, so widely in video games in the 80s. <laughs> it's so you get into a trance. So you'll be playing a game and all of a sudden three or four hours pass 
and the music just really locks you in. So I, I use a lot also in my training, not just my meditation. Uh, classical music is also excellent. I, I try to avoid words as much as possible in meditation, um, in, any sort of instrumentals, but you can also use it as, you know, musicians, uh, they do what's called a deep listen, where they'll you know, you can get on the ground, close your eyes, and you can focus on either just the instrumentation or one aspect of the instrumentation or the words or all of it, you know, um, really it's about getting on the ground, closing your eyes, having some sort of breath focus and just letting your mind sometimes wander or focusing your mind on something in particular, thinking about your day, thinking about your obstacles, thinking about what you're grateful for. I mean, it can be anything you want it to be. It's just private time. And if you're new to this and you're high strung and you're tense, look, I know all about that. Like the concept of meditation to me, like someone asked me a couple of years back, hey, you ever look into meditation? And I said, do I look like I fucking meditate? So yeah, I, I really could have used it. And by the way, I apologize to that individual. Um, I didn't say it me, but it was like kind of as a joke. But yeah, I mean, I was so, I didn't think I had time for it. And I thought it was kind of a joke. And um, I've been open about my mental health struggles, um, depression, anxiety, you know, other things I've been battling. Um, and meditation has helped me a great deal, man. It really does. And, and oftentimes what I'll do too is, uh, what I'm doing now is because if there's like, let's say there's three key factors in my life, my day to day, you know, business, training, nutrition. Uh, for what I do, those are, and again, obviously family, faith, whatever, that, that stuff's important. But I'm just trying to say like the three things that have to be addressed every day. And in, at least for quarter one, I'm prioritizing business. So whatever is most important, I do it first. So I, I try to get all my work done before noon and I give myself a 2 p.m. cutoff time and then the rest of the day can be uh, whatever else needs to get done in my training. So, you know, what I do, what I have to do because a lot of my stuff involves a lot of visual, you know, I'm editing video or I'm reading comments or I'm writing, you know, or I'm um, filming stuff like that, whatever it is. Uh, just closing my eyes, I have to kind of just close my eyes for 10 to 20 minutes and start to shift my mind from all that work to now a new focus, a shift in focus and training. If anything, can wait to shift your focus. I find it's, it's absolutely necessary. I don't want to bring in all that baggage to, to the next thing. I need a clear mind when I train. So meditation can be that, that it just bridges the gap between the next thing that you have to do. And uh, in particular, if you're using your eyes a lot, just closing the eyes is so restorative. You don't have to sleep. Uh, so maybe it is a 20-minute just nap and you just you, uh, you dream and you think. But I, I, would, I would stop yourself at 20 minutes. You don't want to go into too, too big of a nap and you don't want to get drowsy. But it's a, it's a recharge. And it's an opportunity to go from your sympathetic fight-or-flight system to that parasympathetic rest, recover, digest. Now, why would you want to do that pre-workout? Don't you want to get fired up? Well... I guess yes and no. In my opinion, what I'm trying to find pre-workout is calm and focus. I don't need adrenaline. I don't like to train that way because it's unsustainable. I want to find calm and focus. And that's what this can do. You know, you've got the ability, whether it's guided or freestyle. And what I'll say is, if you're new to this, you might really benefit from a guided um, meditation. Uh, I highly recommend the core meditation trainer, uh, which was recently acquired by Hyperice. 
Hyperice has like the best recovery tools on the market. They are like they're positioned. All the, all the pro sports teams use them. They, they've really grown and expanded. It's been pretty impressive to see what they've done as a company. Highly recommend you check them out, hyperice.com. I, I have no association with the company and I, I bought their products. So, um, you know, I believe in them. But the core meditation trainer, it's a handheld device and it can really help you kind of, first of all, there are guided meditations they can take you to. There's guided uh, breath training workouts and there's vibrations, handheld vibrations that can guide you like an up wave for uh, a certain length of time to teach you when to inhale and then a down wave for a certain, ex- a certain uh, period of time for the exhale and you can kind of lock into those waves and those vibrations. There, there's so many different ways that it can be helpful to you, but it also gives you readings, um, you know, heart rate variability, heart rate variability, sorry, your resting heart rate. It can even tell you how much of the training time you, you found calm or focus. It's a really cool, uh, and it's got, it's app-based, so you can use an app on your phone and kind of lock in. And uh, I think it's a really great option if you're new to meditation. And one of the things that I learned the most on this is have a limit. You know, (laughs) uh, oftentimes with me, because I dig deep into things and I try to avoid other outside noise or sources because I want to develop my own approach. I like, I like that. And I have a tendency to kind of go too hard on some things, even recovery. You can go too hard on meditation Give yourself a 20-minute cutoff time. There's, there was actually some studies about this where if you meditate for too long, you can, you can kind of disconnect from the world or society. Um, I experienced that a little bit um, during the pandemic when I, I was doing like some intense meditations. And, uh, you know, without giving too much information, like, you know, just, you know, looking at, finally, like looking at things from my past that I've been running from or avoiding um, emotions that I just, I forgot were there and, you know, going an hour longer and, uh, spending a whole morning in tears, you know, so you want to, you want to use this as, again, I think 10 to 20 minutes is perfect. Even five minutes can give you the time to find a little bit of calm and focus and, and flip the switch and move on to the next thing. So please give yourself the opportunity to kind of just go inside and, Focus, you can focus on your breathing muscles. You can just, again, let your mind wander. Focus on a lot of times too, like if I need to design a workout and I'm stuck or I really needs intense focus, I'll just get on the ground, close my eyes, get get some meditative music going and I'll just, I'll focus exclusively on that and I'll work the problem out with no distractions. Uh, and the way you have to look at it is the importance of closing your eyes when it comes to meditation. Yeah, you're resting your eyes, but when you, when you shut down one sense, your other senses heighten. So that's the true advantage to that. So I really recommend um, the core meditation, meditation trainer as, as a guided meditation to get you started. But um, you can do it anytime. And again, it's about finding a comfortable space. I like a nice dark space. If there's any lighting, it's mood lighting, you know, um, cool, um, sexy colors. You know, you want to avoid the fluorescent lights. Sometimes I'll, meditation, I'll meditate out in the sun though. Because, you know, that out in nature with more nature sounds, the natural birds, um, you know, we, we actually live by, uh, our home is by an airport, a small airport, private airport. But uh, believe it or not, you know, planes taking off and landing is, is actually, it's a meditative uh, soundscape as well. There's so many ways you can do this. Um, even in a hot tub, you get the bubbles going, that's white noise that can help you, you know, 
go from the external to the internal. But it's a journey. You got to be willing to kind of get some reps in it. And again, start with just five minutes. And uh, anytime you need to switch to something else and, and you want to get rid of the baggage and the stress from what you were just working on. Um, and again, for me personally, it just I don't know if it's age or whatever else, but I, I really would have benefited from this when I was younger too. It's not just about, you don't just do this stuff when you get old. It's just that we finally have, um, we're finally smart enough and we finally figure out that there are ways to enhance our performance, improve our recovery, and um, we just don't take that stuff as seriously when we're young. We're just, we, we have more energy and we go nonstop and we just hope for the best. But this has been a game changer for me. And, um, you know, I, I just, I can't recommend it enough. Please dig into it. And um, if, if you're unsure, just go with the guided option. But a freestyle option is also excellent too. And again, it's as simple as um, going inside. And obviously the next session I'm gonna, section I'm going to talk about is breath training. But when in doubt, just focus on your breathing. Because uh, breath training is an automatic meditation. Again, that because your breathing, that's that's inside. You got to lock into your your breathing muscles inside your body, and um, that's one of the quickest ways to get into uh, a meditation is some sort of rhythmic breathing, or just you know deep inhales through the nose into the belly and full exhales through the mouth. Just repeating that simple breath cycle is enough to get you into it. We're going to talk more about specific breath training coming up, but that was the meditation section, and um, don't discount it. You know this is the one. By the way, I'll do some visualization too. If I've got a, you know, a workout coming up, I will start to visualize the movements that I want to work on. You know, I'll kind of run the workout through my head. This is what athletes do pre-game, by the way. I'm not playing a game. I'm about to do a training session, but I'll just go through the movements. I'll think about the particular areas of the workout that'll be more, most troublesome and how I'm going to come into that to try to overcome that. Um, again, this is your opportunity to, uh, to, to shift and find hyper-focus. So quick break, be right back, we'll talk about breath training. All right, we're back, and now we're talking breath training. Now, breathing can be its own podcast, and it will at some point, but I want to at least get you the basics. And it's great to do some separate meditation. Meditation can actually warm you up because, you know, you use some breathing when you meditate and it's a good way to kind of warm you up to get into breath work because when you do breath training, much like with regular training, you got to warm up your breathing muscles because they, they can be tight and constricted and cold. And if they don't properly expand, you can't get enough air in and out to do some of these more intense protocols. And when I do really hardcore breath training, because again, men, the, the muscles we're really trying to focus on are in your belly. So, uh, I mean, I, I get an incredible abdominal workout too. But typically what I'll do is at least five to 10 minutes of meditation before I get into my breath work because it will automatically warm up my breathing muscles so I can start to train them. Um, whether, whether it be with the resistance or extended you know, time under tensions, prolonged uh, inhale-exhale patterns or pulsing patterns. So many different ways to work it. But... Um, that's the benefit of meditating first. And again, part of the stacking portion of this too, you know, you want to look to stack. There's a lot of stuff I'm going to throw at you today. This can be, you combine all these sections, it becomes, like I said, like literally a half day spa day for yourself. If you have the ability to do it on the weekend, I highly recommend it. Uh, incorporate the family into it when you can, your, your, your significant other. Uh, doing it together is awesome. 
But, um, you know, you're technically any, any meditation involves breathing, any breath work becomes a meditation. So again, th- there is kind of an, uh, a built-in stacking that happens with this. Couple key things, statements that I really want to, want to want you to percolate with. Breath is fuel. All right, like you know, you look at the human needs. We can go a couple days without water. We can go, you know, weeks or, or some people can go months based on how much body fat they have without food. You know, you people can go a long time without sex. It's not fun, but you can you can go a long time without it. You can go a long time without comforts, but you can't go more than a couple minutes without breathing without oxygen. And when you start thinking about your breath as fuel, it's like, wow, it literally fuels everything I do. That's why breath is also movement. Every movement you do should have a breathing strategy, a strategy with which to get fuel in and get waste out as efficiently and effectively as possible so that you can go harder longer. I mean, these are it's, it's simple concepts, but when you just try to go through the motions or just think that uh, you, you judge a good training session by how you know sore and tired and sick, you know, some people call it the Metcon cough when you you're just your lungs are burning. Well, that's a sign of that you're un, you're uh, undertrained and you're pushing too hard, too fast. You're overtraining while being undertrained or deconditioned, and also you likely don't have very good breathing muscles or there's no breath strategy. Everything we do at thedailybj.com, for every movement, I go out of my way to give you a breathing strategy. And this is also stacking, right? So you don't have time for isolated breath work. Well, the way I look at it is your breathing muscles, right? You want to build your biceps, what do you end up doing? You do isolated biceps work in addition to the compounds, the chin-ups, you know, the rows, all those things, carries, you know, that, that'll build your biceps, but you want to max out biceps development. You got to do isolated bicep work. You got to hit those curls from a variety of grips, a variety of modalities, angles, all that stuff. You know that, right? To build your skeletal muscles. Well, your breathing muscles are no different. They're muscles. If you don't spend isolated t- time doing dedicated breathing work outside of your main workouts, your breathing muscles will never build to their full potential, especially early on when, when you are if you're a mouth breather, you can't breathe through your nose, um, and those breathing muscles are completely uh, untrained, then you you almost it's probably unlikely you'll find success unless you you put in some dedicated uh, isolated breathing work early on. Because again, it's like you're starting from ground zero, and you don't even have a mind muscle connection to your belly. You're so you know focused on breathing through your neck and your face and your chest, shoulders instead of your belly your diaphragm. So, um, you know, you might need it, but again, even if you don't, you'll get great. Some of the biggest, best comments of the year so far, at least in our express program, also in our gorilla core gains too, but they've been doing the breathing work with me for a while. Now, people that are new to like approaching every exercise with a particular breathing strategy, they're like, wow, I actually, I was able to go harder and longer. I don't feel as wasted at the end of that workout. And also the time went much faster. Why? Because like I just talked about, when you focus on your breathing, you get into a meditative state. A lot of times people's mind, minds will wander while training because they don't, they're, they're not breathing properly. And it's certainly not rhythmic. You want to get into a rhythm with your breathing and let the movement follow your breath. And that is such a game changer. And when it comes to just the breathing basics, 
okay? A basic breath you can start using um, to kind of get into a calm and focused state is just a simple three to five second inhale through the nose into the belly and a three to five second full exhale through the mouth. And you just repeat that cycle for, you know, at least one to two minutes and upwards of five to 10 minutes. Now, one of the best breath protocols to start with is the box breath. And what is that? Well, there's a typical breath cycle has four unique phases to it. There's the inhalation phase, and we want it to come through the nose because your nose filters air. All right, you're getting whatever air is coming in, your nose is designed to filter that air so you get the best quality air coming through. It also keeps you calm and focused. And uh, then there is a, a hold or a, a transition point between the inhale and exhale. That can be zero or that can be five plus seconds. Then there's the exhale through the mouth. And why would you want to exhale through the mouth? Because you can get a lot of waste out fast. And it's uh, it can also be very explosive. And typically when we talk about, you know, the inhale exhale phase when it comes to strength training let's take it a like a pull up right you want to inhale before you pull up because the hardest part of the exercise is the lift or the concentric phase the shortening phase of the muscle so you want to use that powerful exhale to drive you up and then you inhale on the centric or lowering or stretching phase to reload and refuel for the next repetition and then there's possibly a a hold between the that exhale and then the, the next inhale. So there's four phases to it. A box breath is where, you know, it's popularized by the Navy SEALs. It's one of the single best breath patterns to learn. And it has, it, it's like, there's so many things you can do with it. So again, I'm going to just start with that. I have a lot of breathing workouts and stuff that I, that I use. Uh, I'll be sharing them throughout the year in my Gorilla Corn Gains program. Uh, and I'll, I'll do, end up doing a breathing podcast too. But this is the one I want you to start with. Every phase of the breathing is of equivalent duration. Now, Navy SEALs typically do it as a four-second box breath, which means a four, a smooth four-second inhale through the nose into the belly, a four-second breath hold, a full four-second exhale through the mouth, and then another four-second breath hold. That's a 16-second repetition or breath cycle you would repeat for X amount of time. I like a five-second box breath because... It means that every rep takes 20 seconds, which just gives me the ability to keep things even when it comes to timing and uh, going for at least one or two minutes on that. Uh, ideally, five to 10, upwards of 20, if you really want to push it, um, is an incredible breathing workout. And there's so many ways to progress the box breath. Um, you know, one way is you can start, by the way, and you can start with early on too, if you have really a lot of trouble getting air in and out. Start with just a uh, even a two or three second box breath. And then what you can do is every week or whenever you feel uh, ready to, to, to progress, add a second. So you go from a two to three to four to five second box breath. I've recently built up to doing 10 second box breaths, which is really tough, especially to, to get that slow, smooth, long inhale like that is very challenging. Um, requires a lot of focus and a lot of uh, sustained contraction. And, and relaxation, but it's well worth it when you can get to that. You can also add resistance by uh, closing one nostril and forcing all the air to come in through one side. And in particular, the, my left nostril was almost like shut down. I couldn't get air, air through it. You know, I've always had uh, nasal breathing problems. I've got small nasal passageways. I uh, also suffer from allergies, still do, uh, but it, it's not nearly as bad. Uh, and I, I can do full walks now 
uh, like full aggressive walks, power walks, breathing exclusively through my nose and my mouth closed the whole time. I could, I, I could never dream of doing that even a year ago. So, um, a, a lot of, it took me at least a year, if I'm being honest, to really start seeing some, uh, major changes. And then once I hit that tipping point, man, my breath is like, it's changed my life. It's changed my life. I've gotten a lot more quality of life. My workouts have never been better. My focus has never been better and my recovery has actually never been better because I don't get as wasted after my workouts. And, um, you know, t- time can fly when, when I lock into a rhythmic breathing or a, a breath focus. But uh, you can add resistance by plugging a nostril. Uh, you can also add resistance by pursing your lips or getting a resisted breathing device like the Breather Fit. I've recommended that for years. It's got um, five to six levels of resistance for the inhale or exhale. I pretty much only use the exhale resistance for the mouth. And um, what you do there is you, you pick a resistance that makes it hard to get the air out in five seconds for the exhale. And then I can plug the nose for the inhale and I can rotate between nostrils if they're, if they're even. Um, or if I have a, a weak side, I can just double up on that side. And then I can even work in some, you know, some regular double, double nostril inhalations too. But that has been um, the most useful breath. I think it's the best breath to learn for beginners and I, I even apply it sometimes to my movements. You can do, um, you can, you can apply a box breath to and make to to, to push ups or squats or pull ups to really make them last and make them challenging without adding load or, or uh, doing you know just pure body weight movements and just trying to find ways to make it last or make it more intense. Um, you know, for example, a a five second box breath on pull ups one of the hardest things you'll ever do. You know, you you go up. You basically, you take a five second inhale at the bottom, the dead hang. You take five seconds to smoothly exhale. Uh, I'm sorry. You inhale for five seconds. You hold for five seconds. You smoothly exhale up to the top for five seconds. You hold the top for five seconds and then you lower smoothly for five seconds and you would repeat that process. And man, like uh, you're, you're building your breathing and skeletal muscles simultaneously and again you get into a flow state and uh, some of the best pumps and mind muscle connections you'll ever get you can apply the same concept to a squat or a wall sit uh, planking um, push-ups I mean the options endless so again but what I'd recommend though is when it comes to breathing you want to get on your back on the ground to start Um, because the way it works as it does with training too as you level up you go from you know laying down to to seated to seated or kneeling, it, it's actually more challenging. And then when you get to standing, it's even harder. You do it with movements, it's hardest, right? Because there's actually movement now. We're not just holding a position. But on your back will give you the best opportunity with your eyes closed to isolate your breathing muscles. And and the big focus is too. You want to limit uh, strain in the face, neck, and and uh, shoulders and chest. You want as much of the movement to be driven through the belly and be as relaxed up top. And you want to be active and strong down low. And uh, this, this is basically, uh, those are your breathing basics. Uh, I've given you plenty to get started with on that. But buy into it. And if anything, just like start to have a breathing focus to everything you do. When I walk and when I run and even when I do sled work, I have a breath focus. I do uh, four set, every four steps, inhale through the nose into the belly. The next four steps, smoothly exhale through the mouth. And I'll lock into that pattern for my full walk or run. And all that happens when you go faster is you maintain the same cadence, the same rhythm. It just speeds up. 
and vice versa if I go slower. Uh, when I'm doing sled work, sometimes I lock into a 2-2. I'll do 4-4 sometimes based on the speed, but 2-2 meaning that two steps inhale, two steps exhale, and uh, that's kind of a good strength grinding pace. Uh, and sometimes I'll go 1-1. One, one. You know, inhale one step, exhale another if I'm doing really more aggressive, uh, powerful strides. But you've got to have uh, rhythmic breathing to drive most of your cardio. And uh, you sure, certainly should at least be using inhale on the on the eccentric phase of your, your strength movements, exhale on your concentric phase, and play around with some breath holds strategically um, in that tempo to really increase time under tension and uh, stability and movement mastery. So we're going to take a quick break. Actually, the last thing I should say, talk about stacking. I love to do my breathing and meditation in a hot tub. I can get the bubbles on uh, and get that white noise. And then again, I'm also warming up my breathing muscles and I've got fluid resistance to work against on the expansion of my breathing muscles. So the muscles become resisted. You also get into um, the aqueous environment and feel like you're floating, which also helps you relax your your uh, skeletal muscles and really dial into your breathing muscles and that's a way again you can apply heat and get ready for the next section which is what we will do next and that's mobility and massage after a quick break and we're back to talk mobility and massage section three here and by the way, uh, going back to the breath piece, you know, 10 to 20 minutes. You, you don't need any more than that. And try to get at least 5 to 10 on that section. The same thing with the mobility and massage. Like, technically, I could spend an hour or two doing mobility work. You know, once a week, I try to do that. Like, if I'm watching uh, an NBA game, and let's say it takes 90 to 120 minutes, or if I watch it on replay, whatever. But the it's difficult at this point in my life to just lay down and do nothing for that amount of time. Um, occasionally I'll do that. Obviously I'm watching a movie with my wife. Even then, even then I'll find like a couple of hidden box pockets to do a stretch, get loose. Cause I don't like my body just doesn't like being in the same position for any length of time. I like to, I don't want to get stiff or sore. I just can't do it with, with my occupation. But, um, the best time to do a lot of this stuff extended is while watching TV stack it that way. Also, the EHO approach, every hour on the hour, do one to five minutes of movement or mobility, and that will keep you feeling good throughout the day. Even if you don't end up training that day for whatever reason, you will have done stuff that will contribute to your longevity and your wellness, and that's really important, especially when you're sitting a lot and everything's getting tight and there's no blood flow or circulation throughout your body and inflammation happens. Um, that, that's just a game-changing approach. But one of the most important things when it comes to mobility and massage is you got to heat first. Make it easy on yourself and apply heat, whether it be a hot shower, a hot tub, or heating pads. And yeah, you can do it like um, five to ten minutes of light activity to get that warmth too and that sweat. But um, part of what I like is is the like actual heat being applied to the body, even sauna if you have access. It, it's a more relaxing way to get into your mobility and massage and it, the muscles become much more pliable the joints get obviously more blood flow and uh, things just feel better when you do it and even uh, one of my favorite things to do in the desert especially during the summer and it's like 120 to 125 is uh, I'll just do it outside 
And um, from the moment I step outside, the, the body is so warm as if I had just done a full workout. But um, I, I was able to access positions and ranges of motion I'd never been able to access before uh, training in the desert last summer. It was a grind. Um, I'm enjoying a little bit of a break from it as it's kind of the off season here where it's just like perfect weather, you know, gets to like 40s and 50s at night, uh, 70s and 80s during the day, um, just perfect weather. But um, yeah, I mean, during during the summer, man, like 120 to 125 during the day was common, at least up to 110, 115. And then it, it would stay like even 90s or high 90s, even 100 at night. So, you know, it, it's a nice little test. But again, what you have to do is control what you can and use what you have available to you to maximize your training. Um, so heat is critical. Now, when it comes to typical joint pain, you want to look above and below the joint in question. So battling knee pain, we got to look at the calves and the shins below, the quads, hamstrings above. Back pain, we got to look at the hip flexors and general, you know, uh, you know, bleaks, uh, spinal erectors, uh, your breathing muscles above, and then below we got to look at the glutes and the hamstrings. So shoulders, what's around there? Pecs, lats, rear delt. You know, uh, uh, elbow pain. We got to look at the forearms, the biceps, the triceps. So that's just a general way to understand. And again, I, I recommend this all the time. The ultimate book on mobility and massage or resource is Becoming a Supple Leopard by Kelly Sturett. Get the book. It'll become an ongoing uh, resource for you the rest of your life. It's got illustrations of all this. It goes joint by joint. And uh, if you're looking for more uh, digital visual resources... Uh, I have a full Netflix and stretch program at thedailybj.com. We also have an excellent recovery section um, with, with many things we'll be talking about today. Uh, there's some follow-along uh, massage, foam roll sequences, follow-along mobility sequences too. Um, you'll really enjoy down dogs, hangs. Definitely check it out. Uh, I can only go into so much detail um, with audio with this stuff, but that's just a, that's a general thing. Like, Heat first for at least five or 10 minutes. And by the way, the way to stack it is sometimes when I'm doing my meditation or breathing, again, I'll get in the hot tub or before I had access to the hot tub, I would just put heating pads on the ground or, um, you know, you can even do this in the shower, try to create a little sauna for yourself without wasting too much water. But you can try to apply the heat while you're doing the previous section so that you come in warm into the mobility massage or do it outside if it's a hot day. You know what I'm talking about. And, um, you know, in terms of tools, the main tools are a foam roller and then uh, a multitude of balls. Like a softball is better for a bigger area like the glutes. A lacrosse ball is probably better for, you know, the rear delt, for example. The peanut is excellent, um, which is just two lacrosse balls fused together or two lacrosse balls put into a sock to contain them. Or uh, sometimes they come like, already connected in some fashion, like with a wrap. Those are, you want to use a mix of that, right? The roller is more designed to get bigger surfaces, more of a global or macro approach to your massage. And then the balls become more of the trigger point work or the, you know, you use the roller on a wall of paint, get as much of that wall done. And then you come with a small brush and you do little spot treatments to get the corners, uh, the cracks, or anything you may miss with the big roller, or there's a particular area that needs more paint. Uh, 
more love, more TLC. You come in with that that brush and you finish it off that way. That's how you look at the ball. Uh, not just smaller muscle groups, but whatever you were rolling that was particular area was tender and tight. Now you want to put more pressure per square unit by coming in with the ball. And again, the more dense and hard the modality, the the more intense the massage. So you might want to start with, you know, um, a roller that has more give before progressing to something like a trigger point roller or a rumble roller with teeth and edges that get really intense. But uh, you do want to progress your implements because the whole point is like if you if you're rolling over muscles and it hurts, that means you've got bad tissue quality. This is just tissue quality, right? If you have if your tissues are dehydrated, ropey and stiff, no matter what you do. Um, you're not going to find optimal ranges of motion. And if you do, they might be painful because of uh, the pull. The, the, any sort of tightness and, and knotting in those tissues is going to cause uh, painful compressive forces or limits to the joint. And that's not good. So you got to look at it that way. And I love doing a lot of massage too with my hands um, because not only does it improve my dexterity and mobilize and strengthen my hands, but I can actually, I've gotten so good at now feeling my muscles and, okay, they're dehydrated. I can feel it. Or they're, this this area is, is really ropey. So I've got to give it some extra love and i got to drink some water because I'm dehydrated. You know, um, you also get mind-muscle connections. You learn about your functional anatomy when you do it. Areas you got to stay on top of to avoid pain. So there's so many benefits that way. I highly recommend um, BJ's Body Butter. Not only the best lotion in the game for skincare. Check out the reviews on our site. People love this body butter. It smells amazing, but it's, it's the best massage lotion I've used. It's really thick and, and balmy. So it can, I, I use it, uh, when I'm doing any sort of hand massage, but also I've got a percussion massager as well, which is great because you get like all these, uh, crazy vibrations and oscillations you can't mimic with just your hands. So oftentimes I'll start with my hands and I'll go in with the, the massage gun after, but I, uh, that, by the way, that'll be better too if you lotion up. You can even put um, some lotion on the head of that massage gun or just put it on your skin and, and you're not going to get as much ashiness or um, sometimes it can be uh, uncomfortable on the skin if, you, if it's just dry without that lotion. So lotion is good to use with a massage gun as well or a massage stick. I use the massage gun a lot on my arms, uh, my neck, my traps. Uh, I don't find it as beneficial for my lower body. I like to use a a massage stick or a rolling pin you can also access with and I can find that you know, I can really dig in to my leg muscles that way but again adding lotion so that it glides properly and I'm avoiding the ash and the, and the discomfort that comes with really digging in there but uh, nothing is as effective as hot tub yoga and by the way uh, I used to think you know hot tubs uh, I didn't know that there's some really affordable hot tubs out there we got a $500 hot tub from wave spas it's inflatable. It goes to 102 to 104. Um, it stays heated just through an electrical outlet. And it's um, energy friendly because you put a top over it and it helps to retain the heat when you're not using it. And uh, you can inflate it, deflate it easily. Every month, you just got to replace the water. Um, I use it every day. It's, it's been such a game changer for me. I watch games sometimes in it. Um, talk about stacking, right? Um, but I do most of my stretching and warming up in it because... I can just instantly get the warmth I'm looking for, and in the water because it unloads my body weight, I can do uh, I can get in positions um, much more safely and without you know worry of, of stiffness or pain because 
of what that water does. It also compresses me and helps with inflammation. It's just the best thing to do. You'll, I, I've gotten the best mobility gains in hot water. You can mimic this in your bath too. Like you struggle with the shin box. Try doing it in your bathtub with hot water or your hot tub. It makes such a difference. And what I love about the, the wave spas is they're ground-based. So again, uh, sometimes I'll even do like my boxing. I'll box in there and then I'll go to the cold water. I'll save that more from the contrast therapy section. But uh, man, hot tub yoga is incredible. Um, you know, it's like the whole Bikram yoga thing. Uh, I mean, the reason people love that so much was because of the heat. It, it was the same. Yeah, you could say they had a special way of doing yoga, but it was all, there's X number of yoga poses, X number of movements. None of this stuff is new. It's all been out there for centuries. Um, but doing it in the heat allows you to more quickly access ranges of motion you couldn't otherwise. Um, and, uh, you just, you're in a constant kind of, uh, sweat and warmth that that makes it more comfortable and the longer you can stay in these positions the more they change so that's really the the beauty of that but how do you approach this with your workout my, my whole thing is uh, a lot of people say never foam roll before a workout for me I would I, I foam roll areas or I massage areas of my body that are commonly tight and that if I don't re- relax these muscles um, it's going to negatively impact my workout but you don't have to spend more than five or 10 minutes. Again, the whole thing is when you're doing a pre and post workout and it's not like a dedicated massage mobility section where you want to hit your full body once a week or you, want, you just have more time available, I don't want you to spend too much of your workout uh, pre and post uh, so like it takes away the energy or the time to do your main workout. But you know, five or 10 minutes on high priority areas that you know you need to work on like uh, for example, you're prone to knee pain. You're always going to do your quads. You're going to massage and mobilize your quads pre-workout. Always. Um, you just know that's something you do to stay in the game because of your unique injury history or your unique body. But you don't have to spend a full hour, right? So you start to get good at picking the high-priority areas. You know, when in doubt, like you're not sure which ones to do. Uh, always go after the T-spine, the glutes, the quads, the lats, and the chest. You know, those are those big muscle groups that um, are very prone to tightness. And because they're so big and used on almost all the key movements, you know, those are the ones you want to show some love. But don't forget about the small stuff too, right? You know, uh, I try to massage my feet every day uh, using the peanut, standing on it and just rolling it out, smoothing out my feet. Because I I walk every day and and I'm I'm on my feet all the time. You know, so you, you start to pick and choose what's most important to you. But... Um, spend at least five or 10 minutes pre-workout and post-workout on mobility and massage. It makes such a difference. Identify the trigger points or hot spots for you that need your main focus. And again, supplement with like once a week, uh, pick a day where you just, you're watching a movie or a sporting contest and you just, you go after your full body. And even if your team loses, you're, you feel so much better because you get, you get full body massage and you, and you got your recovery locked in and you're preventing injury. And, um, Supplement also with, you know, not just that Netflix and stretch, but the EHO. During your workday, bring a roller, bring a softball, uh, percussion massage or a stick, whatever whatever you have access to, uh, or just do some stretches uh, for at least one to five minutes every hour on the hour during the workday. And and that'll make it so if you train later in the day or even the next morning, you're not going to be as stiff and sore. So that's mobility and massage. Could have done a whole podcast on that, but again, trying to get you, you know, each section and how it becomes into this full recovery piece. Uh, Quick break. We'll come into the next section, which is light work. 
Please use this coupon code for podcast listeners only, BabyCast15, for 15% off your next order at manbabycbd.com. That's BabyCast15, one word. Check out the show notes for more details. But I use the tincture before bed for relaxation, help me unwind, get a deep, restful sleep. And I apply the salves on sore or tender muscles and joints to help provide a deep anti-inflammatory effect and get me ready for my next workout. I think you'll really enjoy this. Go to manbabycbd.com, enter babycast15 for 15% off your next order. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Peace. back and now we're talking section four here we just covered meditation breath training mobility massage and now light work which is basically breaking a sweat circulating blood and taking your body through a full range of motion just to get loose you know i think this is something that has eluded me a long time because i'm i've been on or off and really you got to distinguish between what's called practice and training. And, and this is something I may have lost or never did enough of a focus on when I actually was an athlete, high school, college, whatever. I didn't do enough practice. I did a lot of training. I never really worked on my skills in the off season. It was all about just getting big and strong. And uh, practice is basically uh, high frequency, sub-maximal, both intensity um Submaximal intensity uh, training. You know, you're, you're you're just you're practicing the skill. You're not trying to. You're not chasing fatigue. You're not pushing it to the limit of your physical capacity, as you sometimes do when you train. You're just working on making whatever skill you're doing as smooth and supple and sexy as possible, as effective and efficient as possible with that that skill. Just drill in the skill. You know, it works great for examples like basketball because you just go out and you you work on a particular shot and a particular area of the court or multiple areas, multiple shots, or you're just working free throws, you're working layups, you're working post-ups. You know, um, that, that becomes, you know, like a, a quality workout, but you're not necessarily pushing yourself to the, to the levels of exhaustion. That's not the point of practice. In fact, it's hard to practice. You sometimes do want to practice in a state of fatigue to get ready for fourth quarters, right, or, or overtimes, again. But um, this can also apply to things like your boxing work. A lot of our members, uh, Gorilla Corns, have a, uh, a monthly boxing workout they can incorporate multiple times a week. And, you know, you don't always have to do that particular workout to work on your boxing skills. You can just say, I'm, 
you can do an EHO. I'm, 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 for a minute, I'm going to work on like at 25% speed, my lead hook, which is really tough. One of the hardest punches to throw. And I'm just going to work on just that and close my eyes and just make it smooth and just get maybe 10 to 20 repetitions without even really throwing a hard hook just to practice, you know, my pivot, my, the arm positioning practice. But in 10 to 20 minutes of doing that, you, you'll break a sweat. You'll get, you'll get, you know, get a nice little shine on that body. Uh, really what that is, you're, work, you're doing skill work and, and we, we're also incorporating some, some ball handling drills that people can do. Um, my, my good friends, the Boons, uh, shout out to Jason and Malcolm. Uh, I also have to give them an extra shout out. I forgot to mention one of my most like, I just got this a couple weeks ago. They gifted it to me, the Normatex, which are these inflatable uh, compre- compression leg sleeves you put on. And wow, I've tried a lot of recovery products. I've tried like the Mark Pro and the Compex, that electric stem for the legs. Uh, I'm not really sure how much those help, to be honest, but the Normatex are like the truth. I do I do an hour to start my day, and I'll oftentimes will either watch motivational content, or I'll, I'll answer emails or comments, or I'll write a newsletter. I, I, so again, so I'm not. It just I'm stacking right. I got so much I want to get done in the day, and I'm really pushing my legs hard this year with the walk run sprint program. I'm doing some sled training, um, and one of the worst things if you're a content creator and training and, and fitness. Man, like heavy legs. There'll be some some days I'll, I'll I'll get ready to go film, man, and my legs are so heavy I can't even get into a split squat. Like I, I have to tell my wife, give me like uh, she's like should I should I press play? I'm like just give me one, I, give me about twenty seconds so I can just slowly work my body into the bottom of a lunge. That's how heavy and stiff they can be some days. So for me, uh, this is like my it gives me young legs. Uh, what the compression basically pushes blood to your heart and then when it's it's a nice pulsing massage compression too so it's not just uh you know what's happened with the circulation and, and the getting rid of inflammation in the legs but you know it, it feels good in the muscles it really does and then when um the compression releases new blood is sent to your legs so it's just like man uh my uh, chris warren c-dubs was over the other day and uh, i got him in for 20 minutes and he not only did he notice instant relief, but he woke up the next day and said, "Man, my legs feel great after those Normatex." So, it's expensive. It's like a thousand bucks, and it was gifted to me. It was on my wish list. So, uh, honest, honestly, God, like one of the best gifts I've ever received. Those guys will never know how much that meant to me because uh, I use it multiple times a day. I'll use it for ten minutes, uh, quick pre-workout. I'll even put them on when I'm meditating, so that I'm getting my legs going and I'm, I'm working. You know, getting multiple. This is the, that whole stacking concept, but. Um, and I'll even do it like if I'm about to go somewhere and I'm like, you know what, if I don't, I should do 10 minutes on this quick so that, you know, my legs aren't as heavy when I'm out, but man, what a difference that made. But those gentlemen, former pro basketball players, the Boone brothers, um, they, uh, put together a bonus ball handling unit that is going to be dripping all year in Gorilla Corn Gains. And, uh, those ball handling drills are excellent because again, like you think, oh, this isn't taxing, but you do that for like five or 10 minutes or up to 20 minutes you break a sweat, you move your body through a full range of motion, the muscles burn a little bit, but not to the point where like, oh man, I just worked out. No, I, oh, this is great. I feel good. And uh, it's great to do after you do your meditation, your breath work, your mobility massage, the body's loose, your breathing muscles are firing, you're focused, and now you can really do some quality skill work or practice. Um, 
That could also be, uh, you know, a power walk or a light run. Um, some, you know, a sequence of lunging, step-ups, carries, you know, something that's not too taxing on your body. That's not going to take away, uh, that's not too competitive to what you did the day before, and it's not going to take away from what you're going to do tomorrow. That's based on whatever unique training split you're following. That's how you have to kind of uh, modulate this stuff for yourself. But again, the focus is sweat, circulate, ROM, ROM range of motion. That's the big focus of this section. And it should be more aerobic in nature. You know, uh, we're not trying to, you know, we're not using sprints here. You know, that, that's too intense. It's got to be more light to medium intensity stuff. And if you want to stack, by the way, one way to make your light work, I, I mean, double up your massage, your mobility, um, just create a mobility circuit. You know, pick, uh, let's say, Five to 10 movements, two minutes each, just flow between them. And oftentimes it becomes a nice light workout. All right. So that, that's, that's the key. We're trying to get blood flowing throughout the whole body, take advantage of all the things we did before that now like sets the stage for really clean, crisp movement, dialed in focus. And, um, you know, this is something that people just don't do enough. Just practice. You know, after, after this recording, I'm going to just go out and practice boxing. It's an off day, but I'm going to go practice boxing. I'm going to just work on probably each individual punch. Might move it to the heavy bag a bit, do some shadow boxing, play with my levels, doing it, you know, we've been working uh, some amazing level change with the boxing technique, starting seated, then going kneeling, then going split kneeling, then coming to a stand, and each level kind of warms up and gets you ready for the next level. Particularly, you learn how to, like, difference between arm, um, shoulder, and hip punches, and you kind of learn the difference also, uh, you know, and how you can, uh, when you're seated, you can't use your hips at all. So it's really core intensive. And when you're kneeling or split kneeling, uh, it really mobilizes the hips so that they're ready to move the way they need to move when you come to your feet. So, um, but that's something that, again, I don't have to do an actual workout. I can just go out there and just practice and have fun. And uh, just like you would take some shots when playing hoops or, uh, you know, work on uh, playing catch for baseball or football, whatever, you know, hitting the ball for tennis, whatever you're working on. I, I like making it athletic because, again, that kind of, there's nostalgia in going back to your youth or things you enjoy. But it's just fun. This, this is, make, make the practice fun and just get a good sweat going. Uh, quick break. We'll finish off this awesome podcast with some hot cold therapy or contrast therapy. All right, baby. Hopefully you're still with us. Final section here is hot cold therapy or contrast training. And this stuff is an absolute game changer, especially if you are over 30 or 40. Man, this this can keep you in the game. I think it's the fountain of youth uh, if used regularly and properly. Uh, it'll enhance performance, accelerate recovery, and to help you live your best life, frankly, okay? Heat therapy is your biggest friend pre-workout and anytime you're trying to relax, massage your muscles, or mobilize your joints. It's especially important in the morning when waking up dehydrated and stiff. It's also an end-of-day or before-bed recovery essential. The best modalities include full-body immersion in showers, baths, hot tubs, or saunas. But heating pads are a great substitute, and as I mentioned before, I'm a big fan of the wearable vibrating heating pads from hyperice.com. Cold therapy 
is more of a mixed bag. Many practitioners swear by it, while other experts claim it can blunt your body's natural healing response. And for many athletes, this comes down to personal preference. Do I want to feel better or heal faster? You can, of course, apply ice packs or cold compresses, but I prefer cold showers, baths, or tubs for best results. And full-body immersion is always best. And uh, by the way, I, I don't think you need to panic. Like, if, if there's... Uh, doing some cold right after a workout slightly blunts, blunts the hypertrophy response. I don't think it's probably a significant amount and probably only something like world-class elite athletes have to worry about. It's really more about feeling better, in my opinion. Uh, contrast training involves strategically mixing between hot, warm, and cold, cool temperatures to stimulate your circulatory system. The cold causes vasoconstriction, where your small blood vessels called capillaries shrink. The hot causes vasodilation, widely opening these same capillaries. This opening and closing of blood vessels pumps blood throughout your body with, with little physical effort. So again, this is a passive recovery technique. Again, part of what gets tough with recovery, you don't want to do so much work because you're, you are trying to relax and recover. So um, you know, water therapy in particular is just a game changer. But temperatures are incredible. Um, the benefits of contrast training, less joint pain and muscle soreness, increased immunity, better body regulation and response to extreme temperatures, reduced post-workout inflammation and waste materials, and improved focus. If you're newer to it, by the way, you know don't go crazy. Avoid the extreme temperatures too much early on. What I, what I typically do, I've got a, um, we've got a pool that we don't heat and you know, right now during our more winter months, it, it, it was getting down to like 40s, uh, low 50s. So contrasting that with a 102 uh, tub was plenty. Uh, you, you can go with like, um, you know, tub, like garbage can full of ice water uh, or one of those like trowels or what's it called? I got one from Home Depot, but it's basically like a it just, it's just a tub, like a steel tub that you can get into as well. Uh, but, man, it really helps. Um, but just start warm, cool in the beginning. You can, use, you can use a shower. I've got an awesome contrast training video that, that is part of the Origins product that's coming out soon. Stay tuned for that. Um, but it's a real game changer for those that use it. Um, some general suggestions, you know, to finish hot or cold. Here, here what I, this is what I would do. Finish cold to energize and reduce inflammation. Finish hot to stay relaxed or in moving on to massage, mobility, or training. Try to avoid extended cold immersions immediately after exercise, as some research suggests it can blunt the hypertrophy or muscle growth response. But again, don't, don't panic too much about that. If you're feeling tingling or numbing sensations, it's too cold. If you're getting faint or lightheaded, it's too hot. Be safe and use good judgment. Your body will adapt to the temperatures, but just don't go too hard, too fast on the too hot, too cold spectrum. And there's endless ways to do it. You know, I encourage you to explore different possibilities. Uh, my favorite one is classic, like quickie contrast, two minutes hot, two minutes cold. Do that for five to 20 minutes, How, whatever amount of time you have available to you. Um, just an excellent way to... Um, recover fast in 10 to 20 minutes and feel good about it. And I'll often, you know, what I'll do too is, um, like I said, I'll, I'll try to even do some training. I'll, I'll box in the cold water and I can get uh, my neck under there 
you know, neck deep. And then I can actually use the resistance of the water and work on more fluid punches while I'm in the cold. And then when I go back to the hot tub, I can do some seated boxing or shadow boxing or the kneeling or splitting variations or even the standing in, in that warm water that goes about, you know, up to, up, up to the knee that actually helps me kind of stay loose and mobile as I'm bouncing on my toes and uh, helps with the ankle mobility aspect of it. Or I can just get my full body in there and relax and do a box breath. Um, so again, you can actually do your box breathing while you're doing contrast therapy. Uh, what, and you don't necessarily have to do activity, just kind of be in there. And again, that's a way to stack this all up. So it becomes uh, not just contrast therapy, but um, breath work, meditation. And if you like would sit in a shin box position, you can get some mobility in there. Uh, and it, it could become light work if you do some skill work or like uh, squat holds or you know the hot tub yoga we talked about um, contrasting. So again, there's lots of ways you can get all this stuff done in shorter periods of time by stacking it together and being smart that way. But um, you know, it, it's just a tremendous. Um, you can't overlook the 3D full body compression of water. Uh, compression is key for reducing inflammation and increasing circulation. Some experts claim that one hour in water is equivalent to 24 hours of compression where on dry land. So uh, definitely check it out. And, and I would one of the best investments you'll ever make for quality of life is a hot tub. And again, I make nothing from wave spas. I really should because I've sold a bunch of, the, of these uh, uh, inflatable hot tubs. But you know, for, for my mind, a $500 investment that adds uh, value to the, everyone in the, in the home, you know, in terms of uh, relaxation and recovery uh, that I use every day. Um, yeah, I can. Ex- I guess secondly, I can expense it because it's part of what I do as a job. But highly recommend you get into it. Um, another cool piece of tech that I've been using from Hyperice is called the Hyperice X uh, knee sleeve, and this thing's pretty amazing. It's uh, it's all air operated, and it can instantly go from cold to hot. So it can be, you can do a 20 minute cold session, 20 minute hot session, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you want to do. You can also uh, bounce between hot and cold instantly with this tech. And it's, it's worked entirely through your, 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 an app on your phone. Really impressive technology. It's like 400 bucks. I believe I actually got it for Christmas as a gift to myself because I knew I was going to be doing a lot of intense um, leg work the upcoming year. Um, And I, I, I've shared this before. I have, you know, two two surgeries under my belt on each knee before I turn 21. So I'm I'm always cognizant, especially on my left knee, trying to stay ahead of that recovery curve. And that one in particular can tend to swell with intense training. So I've uh, been using that that and the Normatex, man. Like my my legs have been great. It's uh been been a real game changer for me. But um contrast therapy, man. Uh you got to get into it. You got to be using it. It's, it's a lot of the research has been showing that it's like the best way to naturally heal the tissues. I hope you found this to be extremely helpful. Um, you know, this will, I'll be going into more depth on some of the stuff in my book and, um, I will try at some point to take these sections and make them their own podcast. But, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work to try to help you with your training over the course of the years. Now let me really help you. Let me really change the game for you and teach you how to recover properly. So you get more excited to train again and you get more out of each training session in terms of gains and you can stay with it for the long haul. I hope you enjoy this. Please share it. Took a lot of time to do this and put it together. So it means a lot when you share it with people like you that can benefit. Um, A five-star review is much appreciated and 
uh, wherever you're listening to the podcast and uh, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I love you guys and thank you so much for listening. Get to the recovery piece. Take it seriously. It's a total game changer, especially if you're the aging athlete that wants to tap into the fountain of youth. Much love. Peace.